our hope and our comfort today. You can be seated. My husband and I were married in the great state of Mississippi. He doesn't feel that way about Mississippi. (laughs) He only got married there because it's where I grew up. And to add to that fact, when we went to Washington County, Mississippi, to get our marriage license, this little lady about four and a half feet tall brought out this book. It was much larger than this. And she slammed it down on the counter because she was carrying it like this. (laughs) And when she got to the counter, she slammed it down. She's about 75. And she opened it up and she said, sign here for your marriage license. Few of you know the man that I married, but I promise you his facial features were not as schooled at that time as he can get them now. And he looked at her and said, excuse me, don't you have a computer? (laughs) She looked back and told him, people have been signing this book since Mississippi started. (laughs) He was not impressed. He has allergies, there's dust poofing up out of this book. He looks at me and says, you better marry me and we're getting out of here. (laughs) We were both shocked that we could not get married without putting our name in this old ancient book. We could not move forward or pass go. And they were not going to transfer our names later from the book to a computer, because he asked. So if the Washington County, wherever you get your marriage license place, burns down, we better hope that the marriage license that they gave us, which California would not accept as a real and legitimate marriage license without much begging and pleading. And finally, an older lady said, I've seen one of these before. They still do this in Mississippi. I hope someday they put us in the computer. But until then, we are in an old book. We knew we had to sign it. Their method was a little unorthodox, and we felt that it was very outdated. But I want to read to you this morning about another book that some think is outdated and more than a little unorthodox. Revelations chapter 3 says, Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly 
as unexpected as a thief. Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. I will never erase their names from the book of life. What is this book of life that the scripture speaks of? Revelation 13:8 reveals that this book belongs to the Lamb that was slaughtered, the one who died for the sins of the world, the one that came to take the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And the reason that today we have a hope. This book belongs to Jesus Christ. And the names of all that belong to him are in it. Revelations 20 says, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its death, dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Again, we hear the name, the book of life. In other words, the names not found in the book of life will not be part of the bride of Christ. There will be no marriage. The term marriage here is referring to being united with Christ. Desi and I could not legally be united with our our names in that big, ancient, dusty old book. We could have fussed and fought. We could have said we're too progressive to sign that book. And they would have said, well then go progressively be married somewhere else. (laughs) Mississippi decided we were going to sign that big old book. Those who obey the commands of Jesus Christ and live in relationship with him will one day be united with him. Those whose names are written in the book of life, Jesus' book, will be united with him for eternity. But what is eternity? Why should I want to be a part of it? Why should you want to be a part of it? Why should we want our names in this book of life? Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne says, Look, 
I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem, descending out of the heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and its Lamb are its temple, and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory." Its gates will never be closed at the end of day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This place sounds wonderful. Sounds glorious. No death, no sorrow, no pain. No suffering, no night, no bad times, no dark times. I want to be a part of that. I want to go to this city. I want to be in the Lamb's book of life. But how? How do I know I can go to this city? Is it real? Is it all a fabricated story that we were told as children so we would be good and obey our parents? What does scripture have to say about this? Is it really attainable? Can I go to this place we call heaven? Yes, you can. Let's see what scripture has to say. Romans 5.18 says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life. For everyone. Because of Adam, sin entered the world. Death entered the world. Suffering entered the world. But because of Christ, we can be restored to right relationship with God. And everyone has the opportunity at new life. And having your name put in the Lamb's book of life. Second Corinthians 5 says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life 
has begun. Colossians 2 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature. It was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sin. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He carried our sin. He felt our sorrows and our pain as he bore the sin of not just you and I. I want you to imagine how you feel when you do wrong, when you sin, when you carry something, you know you need to be forgiven, you know you've done wrong, how awful and heavy that is. But he carried the sin of all of humanity. The God of creation who had never felt the weight of sin. The God who created humanity in love and hope for a future came to earth as Jesus. And the God who had never felt the weight and the pain of sin carried the sin of every person in humanity at one time. You might think my sin's not too bad, but you can think of somebody who has some really bad ones. Sin is sin. We pull it apart and say, oh, they need to be in prison for life. Wow, maybe they deserve the death penalty. We're kind of glad this happened to those people because they were so horrible. But we all receive death as a penalty for sin. Yet Jesus... Our God, our creator, who created us from the dust and said, I will breathe life into you and I love you. He took the sin of every person, every sin that was committed to the cross, and he died. We can be made right with him. He wanted a relationship with you and with I so much that he was willing to experience Not only death, but our sin, so that we can have a new life. Through repentance and baptism with Jesus in his name, our sins are buried with Christ. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says, But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. We have hope. When we see what's happening in the world, when we experience our own pain and loss, we have hope. Nothing can take that from us unless we choose to separate from our Savior. God made it possible for our names to go in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus' book, His book, by way of repentance. After He took our sins to the cross, We could repent and our sins 
would be taken by him. Through baptism, our sins are buried with Jesus, and then he gives us a new life by filling us with his spirit. This is not dead. This experience isn't gone. It's still available today. Scripture exemplifies this by people who received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and that still happens today. His Spirit is not only the power of God that saves us. Scripture says He is our comforter. Scripture says, like Sister Leela says, we don't grieve like other people grieve. Why? Because His Spirit lives in us to comfort us, to strengthen us, to walk with us. There is no sorrow we will go through in this life that He won't walk through with us. 1 Peter 1.23 says, For you have been born again, but not to a life that will end quickly. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. No one ever has enough time. Everyone wants one more day, one more chance, No one ever has enough time. But our new life with Christ will last forever. We won't ask for another day, for another moment, for another opportunity. It will last forever. And this new life is washed free from the bondage of sin. We can't even imagine a life without the weight of of sorrow and sin and loss. But we have an eternity ahead of us to look forward to, a hope in Jesus that not only do we have eternity with him and a new life with him, but it is a new life free of sin and the effects. Everyone here, everyone breathing today has the opportunity for their name to be in Jesus' book of life. Many people may try to tell you about it. Many people may try to help you, or you may be trying to help others get their name in the Lamb's book of life. You may be telling people you have hope, or maybe you're here today because someone told you you have hope, and your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. But only you and I can choose to be in it. We can tell people, but we cannot make choices. But when that choice is made, and when Jesus puts your name in his book, you are his forever. You are his child. He has covered you with his blood. And you will walk with your name on your life. Heaven is not an unattainable place where only the privileged few can go. Heaven is not a place where only the perfect and the people that manage to get it just right can go. Heaven is not only for a select few in society. It's for everyone in every part of the world and every nation. It's a place where all those who have believed and obeyed Jesus, as scriptures have said, will go. 
It's a place where we can spend eternity when we have allowed Jesus to take our sin. We've received his name in baptism and allowed him to fill us with his spirit. It's those that are walking in relationship with Jesus. We have hope to spend eternity united with him. Colossians 3 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, you will share in all his glory. This scripture is saying, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Our hope is not in what happens on this earth. Our hope is not in what we experience. There are things that are out of our control that we will never be able to change. But this earth and this life is short like a vapor. But my hope is in an eternity. In a future with Christ. Hallelujah. Living as a slave to sin is no longer the lives of those whose name is in the book. We are led by His Spirit and walk in the way He prepares for us. We have freedom, joy, and liberty in Him. And though the journey may be full of growing pains, and at times you may experience suffering, and we all suffer together, our future is full of sharing in all of Christ's glory. Revelation 22, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of Main Street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer would there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him. And they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads, and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are they who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. There is no reason any of us here today should not have our names written in Jesus' book of life. There is no trial, no struggle, no pain or hardship that should keep us from the glory that awaits a future with our Savior. Today we can give all our worries and cares to God because He cares about us. First Peter says, Stay alert. Watch out, for your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around 
like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In kindness, God called you to share in his glory, eternal glory, by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. Today we are on a firm foundation. Today is the day of salvation. Matthew 11 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you, who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. If we could all stand together. Today we have a hope. Every person here. We have the hope and the knowledge that if we bring our own brokenness, our own sin to the Savior, He will forgive us. We know from His Word that if we are buried with Him in baptism, having His name cover us, our sins will be buried with Him. And He has promised that He will fill us with His Spirit. That He will be our comfort and our hope. If you're here today and you've already received His Spirit and you're already walking with Him, be reminded that we have hope, that this world is not our home, that our future is in eternity with Him, that we must look up, that the kingdom of God draweth nigh. And if today you're here and you have no idea what it means to walk with the Lord, if you don't know if your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, we will be happy to explain to you, to pray with you. If you have a need here today, we would be happy to pray with you because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And our life does not have to end on this earth. We have a future and an eternity with Him. And every one of us can be secure in the knowledge that He is faithful and just to reward those who follow and obey his word. If any of you would like to come pray, the altars are open. If you have a need today, we would be happy to pray with you. If you would like to know God on a deeper level, if you have questions and you would like to know what it means to have your name written